Hey, welcome, welcome. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and today we've got part two of Angular JS to Angular. Uh, we'll be continuing on. We had a couple episodes ago. We had part one, and this is part two. So we'll pick up where we kind of left off. Joining us as panelists today, we've got Alyssa and Eichel with us. Alyssa, how's it going? Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> it's this another Tuesday in the books. Uh, started at least, right? Uh, Bonnie Brennan's with us. Bonnie, how's it going? Hello. I'm outside today. It's normally oppressively hot in Texas, but it's like early October. Kind of. I don't know if you can see the tree in the back, but there's like a breeze, so it's nice. nice. It's about to rain on you, Bonnie. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I might have to run inside. That's okay. The laptop's mobile. I can take it in. But I think you're right, actually. Good point. <laughs> cool. We got Mike Brocky with us. Mike, what's going on? Man... I was all excited. I had lots of energy this morning and everything else, and I felt it coming into the meeting, and then I see Alyssa. And now I feel like my energy level isn't quite as high as what it was. So <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I don't think I'm up to Alyssa good, but I'm doing good. <laughs> that, that Not very many people. Level. Yeah, that's a high level to get to because she is all <laughs> energy all the time. Love it. It's true. Sadly. All right, well, <laughs> we're going to get up to that level because our, our guest today, Danny Krupp. Danny, how's it going? It's going great. All right, and so we got part two. Uh, you had a great presentation for part one, got us started with the AngularJS to Angular, so we're excited to hear some more about that journey. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. Um, we kind of just started last time I was here, and we kind of we ran out of time. There's a lot we can do with ng upgrade, and I'm going to try to walk through some of those um, iterations here today. We're going to move through code a little bit quickly once we get started here. Um, so, Justin, I'm ready to, to, to share my screen. Can I just take that? Take yep, control? go for it. Okay. Let me know if you can see that. Can't see Not it yet. yet. Nothing yet? Got a big old screen full of Denny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome, huh? <laughs> okay. How about now? Hey, look. No. Still, still no. We no. still see you. Okay. okay. Let, me, uh, let me work on this here. All right. This throws me off all the time. I hit share, and then I'm not selecting a screen yet. So now I think you can see a blue screen, right? Yes. Correct. Yep. <clears throat> okay. So we started um, last time we were here, and we started on the premise that we want to upgrade our AngularJS apps, but uh, we want to use the Angular CLI to uh, expedite that journey. And then we can couple that with the ng upgrade library. So by using the CLI and the ng upgrade library, we can actually move pretty quickly through this upgrade process. Um, we talked about how there's a lot of us here in the industry that are, feel a little bit stuck or paralyzed with AngularJS code bases that are growing in some cases, and, and yet we know as developers um, and in industry, we, we want to find a way to get towards Angular as fast as possible. So we reviewed that these are our up available upgrade paths. 
we can just perform an entire rewrite of our application from scratch. And that would involve spinning up an, uh, a separate Angular project and then using our Angular JS application almost as just a specification or just to provide requirements. So that would be rebuilding something from scratch. Uh, that might be um, effective if you have a very small application, for example. Um, our next option would be to refactor our AngularJS code towards Angular using some of the Angular concepts that we know and we're studying. And then we could do a complete rewrite. And that may, might make that jump a little bit faster for us. Our third option would be to take our existing AngularJS code and refactor it straight to Angular. And the last option would be to refactor that AngularJS code and rewrite in steps. So that would involve maybe rewriting some things in Angular. Um, meanwhile, having it right side by side with your AngularJS code. Now, to make those last two paths work, we have to use the ng-upgrade library. And that will allow us to simultaneously run and execute AngularJS code alongside of Angular code. And that is really a the scaffolding that will support an iterative transformation from JS to Angular through the upgrade process. <clears throat> and then the Angular CLI, we know uh, if we've done any Angular um, programming already, is, uh, is really a helpful development tool to help us expedite a lot of common development tasks like creating services and components, um, as well as some other maybe less obvious things, but become obvious if you try to upgrade a project without the Angular CLI. And that is that it abstracts away the, the build process and that module bundling process. So it, it uses Webpack. Um, it has TypeScript built in. But you, as a developer, can avoid uh, setting some of those things up because the CLI abstracts that away for you. So the migration process is essentially this. You start with your AngularJS app, uh, you create that new Angular project with the CLI, add in the library, the upgrade library, import all of your AngularJS code, and then start transforming that AngularJS code through iterations. And those iterations that we're going to do today, we're going to walk through, are these. Um, first, we're going to start by just bootstrapping AngularJS code through Angular using that CLI. Um, then we're going to write an Angular component, and we'll downgrade it for use inside of an AngularJS code. So it's an Angular component. It's new, but it has to be downgraded if you want to use it or consume it within your AngularJS code. And then next, uh, the third step we're going to take, we're going to upgrade an AngularJS service and use that inside the AngularJS code. So we're going to write a service in Angular. We're going to rewrite it. And then we downgrade that service again so it can be consumed from AngularJS code. And then on the fourth step, we're going to upgrade a component. And we're going to use that in AngularJS. Again, we'll downgrade the component so it can be used in AngularJS. And then there's another step there we'll, we'll review called upgrading a provider. And upgrading a provider basically means taking an AngularJS service and making it available to be consumed within Angular code. So you're upgrading because you're going from AngularJS code into Angular. Then we're going to transfer all the remaining services and components in a couple of steps and introduce the Angular router to transition fully over to Angular. 
Um, and after that, you'd be able to completely remove your AngularJS code. So if you recall from our first part, we started with, um, actually, let me see if I can pull this up. There's the application that we are going to upgrade is the one that is featured on the AngularJS website here. On the front page, it's this JavaScript projects here, which sometimes doesn't fetch its data. Um, but here, so it's just, just a simple little application. It's on their front page. You can hop over here. You can see it's about five files here. Um, this is the AngularJS code that we're going to upgrade. So that is organized in this way. We have uh, separate views and controllers for each of our um, different routes. Uh, you can create a new project, you can edit an existing project, and the main view that you saw there on the front page is just listing out those projects. Now the services behind the scenes are largely driven by this project service that supplies the data to your, your uh, views, but it's Firebase that's behind this. So the services actually engage Firebase um, as a server and uh, plant those projects up on that database and then pull them down so you can start editing them and um, working with them through your views. So let's take a look at what this code looks like. So we're just going to run this from our Angular CLI project. So and our first step here, all we did last time was we set up this new project with Angular CLI. And uh, we'll just go ahead and run ng-serve, oops, ng-serve to run this. And we'll just prove that uh, we've got this running. Because what we've done so far, and you saw this in part one, is we took all of our existing JavaScript and HTML code from our AngularJS project, and we simply imported it into its separate folder, into our source folder within our Angular CLI project. So the CLI generates this content when we start up, and we simply imported all of our code here. Now, we haven't hooked anything up yet, so all we should see when we host this is the demo app that is included with the Angular CLI. Now we're going to jump to our next step where we bootstrapped. Um, we bootstrapped the AngularJS code to the Angular CLI. And so how do we do that? Well, we still have our source code here in its separate folder. It's completely isolated from our Angular content. Uh, we use this helpful Angular CLI configuration file, angularcli.json, and we just created some references to uh, those files within that folder. So we pulled in Angular, the Angular 1 framework and some of those uh, dependencies. We pulled in Firebase and Angular Fire to support those services. And then our main application files are here in project and project list. So what 
providing these uh, references here in this scripts tag does is it tells the Angular CLI to bundle all of this content in its own um, scripts bundle. Let's go ahead and run this, and what we should see is our original application just uh, run through Angular rather than uh, AngularJS. I should say, rather than run, um, it's just Angular is bootstrapping and orchestrating um, the... the uh, the initialization, the, the entry point for the application. So we run this and good. So we see our application is running as expected. <clears throat> this matches exactly what we see as the demo application on AngularJS. Now, what we did to do that, we did we saw this on our, on our first uh, part, is we added in ng-upgrade library and we imported it into our app module. So we installed this upgrade library. We remove the common, uh, we remove the default top level of our tree because that's normally where we enter the application from with an Angular uh, project. We remove that from configuration just by co commenting it out. <clears throat> and since that's not doing the bootstrapping anymore, we introduced um, Angular upgrade, the upgrade module into our app module along with this uh, method which will invoke this bootstrapping that is very similar to AngularJS but is done through our upgrade module. So that was all that had to be done and we're able to connect our AngularJS code through or to our Angular project. <clears throat> so at this point we have this application here but it's being run using Angular. So next up would be to introduce a first Angular component. So what we're gonna do is just introduce a footer um, for our list view. And the Angular CLI, uh, we can use its helpful methods, ng, uh, we just created the component with ng generate component um, list footer, I believe is what we called it. Just like this, we hit that and the CLI created this nice folder here a separate component folder with the template and component here. So we just implemented that component with a little bit of logic that we wanted to use. And then because this list view is still going to be driven by our Angular list template, we have to downgrade that footer so it can be consumed there. And so that's where we added these references down here at the bottom of our list footer component TypeScript file, we add this reference here to say, hey, I want to downgrade this list footer component and use this token to refer to it as a directive from within Angular. And that's what we see over here when we look at the list view here, this list footer. And so if we run this, 
we should see a footer appear. If this does this work, <laughs> server? <laughs> so we should see this footer appear in this view. I'm pretty sure this, this server is an alias to serve. Is it okay? It seems like it stalls. Wow. So, <laughs> so go ahead and refresh this when this starts up. And uh, here we go. So this is our footer that we just created. Now this is an Angular component, been downgraded for use within the Angular JS view. So they call that. Uh, go ahead. So this would be the concept of uh, we've got an Angular JS app. We're in the process of upgrading it, and we still want to add new features to it as we go mm -hmm. forward, right? And we want to say, right. okay, well, we want to add new features using Angular. So now we want to add this footer, which we just showed. As That's a right. new feature to our process while we're upgrading. That's right. Yep. That would be the use case for the application. Yep. Yeah, and so maybe your boss says, hey, anything new that you do, don't do it in AngularJS, do it in Angular. This way we have future usage of it. But this way you're just down leveling it so that you can use it in your current application. That's correct. Yep. Incremental upgrades. That's right. Yep. So so this is what we have at this point. So we've got this AngularJS dominated application, but we've been able to inject this Angular component into it. So next up, we want to see if we can upgrade a service. Um, and so what I'm thinking is which of these services do we want to try to upgrade, right? So we have uh, this project service, which uh, is dependent upon all these other values and other services. So I targeted one of these. The uh, FB ref is the one that I targeted. I'll show you why in just a second. Uh, but in the reality is I just wanted to start with upgrading some of the services um, that support these components before I upgrade those components. Okay, so, <clears throat> um, so the first thing I did was I used the ng generate service from the Angular CLI, and I just created uh, a new version of this fbref service. So you can see here, this is a fbref, and um, I, if you're familiar with Firebase, I get the sense that Firebase uses the term ref to to um, refer to their database. So you've got, you know, Firebase offers several services like authentication or database, and the ref usually ties to the database from what I've seen. So what I did is I wanted to start, well, first of all, I looked at the initial FB ref service. So let's take a look at that. <clears throat> so we see here, it's pretty straightforward. Um, it is literally just one line that returns a brand new Firebase object. It's dependent upon a URL value that's provided, right? So this is the URL for the um, Firebase database. And then um, the Firebase object that will allow my application to interact with that needs that, you know, needs that pointer just to start up. But notice the service is it's returning an object, right? It's returning a very specific Firebase object. 
So the first thing I thought is, well, I'd like to use this FB URL. I'd like to declare that or define that in my Angular app. And this uh, CLI provides this nice environments file for just such cases, right? So this is not something that's going to change very often. It's part of my application's configuration. And so I just define this uh, Firebase URL here as a constant. Um, then <clears throat> I created this new service with this ng-generate service. And that created this file right here, actually two files, a test for it and the uh, Yes, and the service itself. <clears throat> now, um, I ran into some trouble here because as I was highlighting here, this service doesn't return, it returns an, an object, a very specific type of object, right? But when you create a class, a class constructor is not designed to return an object by some other type other than the class you've defined, right? That you're trying to instantiate. So I couldn't just copy this line and say, hey, return new Firebase from this constructor function here. So instead, so that I didn't have to touch or change any of my other AngularJS code yet, um, I used a technique to generate a service factory that would allow me to do that. So there's this factory that I created around this service to allow me to return an object of a type other than the class itself, if that makes sense. So, um, so what we did, I defined this service factory and that service factory uses this this URL provider, which I'll highlight in just a second, to essentially just get that URL and then create an instance of my new service and then use a self-defined method just to get me a copy of that Firebase object that will allow me to interact with, uh, with the database. So I'll show you here in the URL configuration. Uh, we essentially had to create a URL provider to to wrap around that uh, token. So rather than just importing or injecting the constant, the FB URL constant, um, I created a injection token for it so that it could be injected in the same way that the current version is doing, right? So in the current AngularJS instance, uh, it relies upon dependency injection to get that value. So essentially we invented a URL provider to allow me to get that specific FBORL instance as a value so that I could consume that within my um, Firebase reference service, right? So all of this to say that this was quite a bit of jumping through hoops just to try to mimic exactly what this simple bit of code did. Um, but that was in order to exercise the ability to retain the original dependency injection uh, system that was in place. So I think you'll run into things like this as you're upgrading. And what I think you have to decide is, does it make more sense to rewrite this in Angular 
or to set it up so that it still engages or interfaces with your existing code um, as is. So uh, I think those are good points. Um, one with the inject token, right, is that it, you, you're going to want to be there anyways because it provides you a way to now test with that, right, and, and mock that or replace that um, and having that dependency injection like you mentioned. So the URL part, you know, I think people are going to want to get there anyways, right? And then the, the factory part is something that, yeah, just like you said, you're going to probably make a decision, um, but it's slick how, you know, you can provide this factory function and, and accomplish just like what you did here to keep your API usage of the service that you already have in the same format as you upgrade. So it's really right. nice that you have a way to do that in, in this way that you showed um, as well. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let me just walk through something here as well on this FB URL service. So um, this idea of creating this provider, um, it boils down to a few steps as I've understood it. The first is that you define a type, some interface that has the properties on it that you need to uh, provide. And then you define, you declare an ex a specific instance of that type, right? So that's what we have here. I've got a constant here under this name that I've created that says, hey, this is going to have a specific value, right? And then you define that injection token and you use this Angular provider declaration to tie that exact value into or to tie that or to bind it with that injection token that you want to refer to it by. So those are kind of the steps. I just want to review those real quick. And then now that we've got that done, you can see we could just comment this out of our original AngularJS code because we're now providing the URL and the FBREF service from within Angular itself. So this now looks like this as we have upgraded our FBREF and the FBURL. So I'm going to move on to our next step. And the next step, um, see if I left this running. Okay, good. <clears throat> okay, so our next step is to upgrade a component. So we've upgraded a service. Um, and, and when I say upgrade, I mean, okay, I want to upgrade. I want to write that service. I want to write that component in Angular um, where it gets, it then gets downgraded for use within AngularJS if that's how I'm still using it, right? So that it, it kind of confused me a little bit when I was trying to decipher what are they talking about when they're talking about upgrading a service or downgrading a component or downgrading a service. Um, think of it as... Um, you know, which direction is this component or service flowing? Is it going up to Angular or down to AngularJS? So it's still all, all predicated mm -hmm. on this concept, right? That at, during this time, during this upgrade phase, we are running AngularJS code, you know, with Angular, but we're, but we're essentially running an AngularJS application. And so we're, everything needs to play within that AngularJS application until we've got all the bits converted to Angular and then we switch over, right? That's right, yep, yep. So I got to this part where I wanted to upgrade a component and I recognized, oh, 
um, I really haven't prepared my AngularJS code very well for this because I've left these separate views and controllers for these top-level routes. So I think last time we covered this, we started with this kind of an implementation where we really were just combining the controller and the view uh, for each one of these routes, and we're creating AngularJS components with them. And this is one of those prep things you want to do with your AngularJS code before you ever consider uh, migrating because it'll expedite things. And that's what I found out here because it was not going to be easy for me to figure out how to upgrade the component in the state that it was in. So I went back and I just restructured the AngularJS code a little bit. And so really this is what we have. It's very similar. It just uh, has things organized in um, components rather than um, separate views and controllers. So let's take a look at that real quick just to get up to speed. So all we've done here is introduce some components and in there I've just got a, a list and a detailed view because the controllers logic I left in this file here where we can see you know I've got this section down here with the project list component and this one's commented out just because it's part of this step we've upgraded it but this was here originally as well the project detail component the project list component those are where our routes direct to and then you can see here this is the route configuration from AngularJS where we can see this nice project list project detail project detail uh, along with their inputs so we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in a bit. Um, so again, I use the CLI here to very quickly create um, to create a new component, a new version of my component. I just typed ng generate component project detail. And in doing so, the CLI generated this folder for me, this project detail folder. Uh, so I migrated over a lot of my logic um, and I ran into an issue when I got to my constructor because this particular component depends on the AngularJS location service and route params. Route params it needs in order to get the ID of the project you're going to edit. Um, and it needs that location service because there's some routing here that's done from this component. And this is when I realized, oh, I need to introduce this new upgraded providers file. So this is covered, um, and I should have mentioned this earlier. There is a helpful website uh, article on the Angular IO website. Let me jump over to that real quick. I want to show you because uh, it was pretty helpful. It has some good guidance on how to prepare your code as well as to do some of the things we're seeing right now. Um, and there's a section here that is uh, using ng upgrade, I believe, or upgrading with ng upgrade. So I was following some of these steps. And through this article, uh, they do cover some of the stuff I'm about to cover uh, right now about these upgraded providers. They have an example in there where they show you. Again, remember, we're upgrading the providers. Basically, we are upgrading services that are in AngularJS form into some state that we can consume them from Angular code. And in order to, for that to happen, they have to be providers. They have to be Angular providers. So the suggestion that they make when upgrading is to have a single file that you create called ng-upgraded-providers. And you 
put all of your services that you're gonna consume in Angular code into this file. And this is also a three-step process that uh, I wanna go through here with you. So in the example, they highlight online, they show you how to upgrade this route params. And uh, this is a little bit mysterious to me initially. Um, have this abstract class you're declaring here. It looks like a, any random array of keys that have string values. And those values have, you know, they have string values associated with them. Um, so that the first step appears to be to create this abstract class reference. The second step is to create a factory function that has this I um, as an argument. And what, what we'll find out here when we look at the next, we'll find out what that I is when we look next, right? So we have get and we have get the exact name of the AngularJS provider we want to get, right? And then the third step is to set up this provider declaration. And here is where we'll see, oh, this is what the I is. It's gonna be AngularJS's injector service. So you're essentially creating a small function just to say, hey, uh, inject the injector service and then get this AngularJS service out of there and return it, right? And that's what we've done. And then the odd thing was creating this abstract class. And I saw this example here online. Well, this didn't work for my location provider um, as is. I had to change this to any because without it, my component kept complaining, TypeScript was complaining that there was nothing by the name of path attached to this object. So um, I'm just gonna pass that along that that was a, a tip. I'm not sure if there's something I've missed, there might be another way to extend this class definition to, uh, to recognize path, but I changed this to any from string and that allowed me to compile this with this path method. So now- yeah, like, oh, that's yeah. one of those little things that would keep me stuck for like ever. Yeah, I was so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, we've generated now. We've got these upgraded providers. We've defined. They're actually there are two of them in here. One for route params. One for location. Uh, AJS. So this is AngularJS's version of the location service. Now in our constructor, just like any other Angular dependency, we can go ahead and just inject them under those names. And of course, since they are providers, we also want to flip over to our app module and we have to list them here as providers as well for the module, right? While I'm here, there's one thing I didn't mention earlier that I want to remind everyone of, and that's anytime we create a component uh, that we want to use from AngularJS, we need to add it to this entry components key this list here. So earlier we did the list footer component. Now we're gonna do this brand new project detail component because we are still using or referring to that project detail component from our routing, right? Our routes resolve directly to these components, these project detail components, except that now these are gonna be Angular versions of these components, not AngularJS components. So we've commented out the original AngularJS component implementation. We've replaced it with the, the Angular version by downgrading it just like we did with our footer, just by adding similar stuff down here, which by the way, I've 
think this is helpful to keep all your downgrading code down near the bottom so it can be easily removed later. Um, and then the other key thing to keep in mind here is because this is an Angular component, not AngularJS, we've got to use the Angular version of the syntax from Angular to uh, refer to that binding so that our resolver can pass in these, these projects properly. So at this point, we've got our component. One of two components has been upgraded. And that covers a couple of our top-level routes, right? So we can, have a, we can now create new projects. We can edit them. We've got a couple of our services upgraded. So our next step is to upgrade all of our remaining services. So that would be our project service and our auth service. So I'm going to set up for that here. And let's take a look. OK, so what I did here was um, what I found, I should say, is when I got to this step, it became very apparent that Angular Fire 2 is quite a bit different from Angular Fire. And so I recognized, I think I need to upgrade my Firebase implementation along with anything else I'm doing at this phase. So, um, and that's because, you know, Angular Fire 2 can now take advantage of the great things Angular offers like observables, which fit very nicely with what a real-time database uh, needs to do. So, that's what I've done. And what I did to figure out what to do to even include Angular Fire 2 was visit their website. Um, and I'm going to pull that up here just so you see. The, the oops, I guess something's off. But the, this is just the Angular Fire 2 project. They've got this nice section up here called Docs. And there is, um, I thought there was a, a uh, well, there was yesterday. <laughs> Maybe they have updated this. There was a nice step-by-step uh, -step, um sequence here, but it looks like maybe that's not there. But it looks like install and setup is what I followed here. And this is helpful. This is all I've done is we obviously we had already created our new project. We had that with the CLI. Um, I just ran this install Angular Fire 2 and Firebase. And at this point, because of a new way that you configure your Firebase, I wasn't sure how to connect to um, the demonstration application uh, I wasn't sure how to connect to their database because I don't have Google's API key or their auth domain. So at this point, I just set up my own Firebase database and I configured it just like they show here in the nice environment TS file that's provided by the CLI. Um, and then there's really just a couple of things to include since I'm using the auth module and the database module. I just had to include the Angular Fire database module and the Angular Fire auth module. Um, so that was all I had to do to set those up. Um, and then I went and used the Angular CLI to just generate a couple new services, right? So I just did um, ng generate service fb auth 
and ng generate service projects. And that went ahead and created for me uh, these files that we see here, FB auth service, which is pretty simple in Angular Fire now. You really just uh, have to inject their service, their provider, and that'll give me access to the user. And then um, the FB ref service, I rewrote quite a bit. This was the one that was quite a bit complicated that we just looked at earlier, where we had used an injection token and used upgrading providers and uh, you can see how much more straightforward it is. Oh, I just need to, I just need this thing to represent my Firebase database. You know, just give me the database. So this was a lot easier in Angular Fire too. Um, so that was nice. And then the project service is what ties all that together. The project service is responsible for authorizing a user and then creating a remote uh, path for the sample projects, and then displaying those to the project list. So this is the service itself. Um, I won't dive into this too much, but you notice it depends on our reference our reference service and our auth service, just like in the original application. And then we've got the project list value also. I've upgraded at this point. This is just a list of default projects. So I also had to upgrade the project detail component at this point to consume this, this new, you know, the new way that these things are provided. So what I did was because the project detail has been updated to, to Angular, I wanted to use the new Firebase, the new observable system. But the project list component is still sitting in an AngularJS format. And so what I had to do here was introduce a new resolver. The original resolver was very simple. It just returned an array of projects, right? Just an array of data. And those could be consumed directly as a list of projects. But with the new one, I had to introduce a new version of a resolver that would go ahead and give me an observable of those projects. And so I've actually got two resolvers here now, one that returns the observable version and the other one that just returns the, um, the list, the array. The reason I did that is because of this project detail, when it starts to try to engage the Firebase database and save an update, it's so much more straightforward when you're using the observable. Um, and so that's why we've got really two different versions here. So you'll see that the project detail is going to resolve through that project observable. And the other one is just sitting still at an array of projects. I'm going to go ahead and start this up. Um, and I don't know if you've used Firebase or not, but I feel like it's one of the most entertaining um, technologies to work with because they've got this console that just makes it fun to watch as you make data changes. <laughs> I've never heard of a service being called entertaining. It is. <laughs> I love Firebase. I, I did this especially when I first discovered observables, and I would like show people. I'm like, see, that's only three lines of code, but watch this. And I would like do the side by side and watch it update instantly, like magic. Yep. So yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I do like it. I like that's clicking on things, and it's like something happens, then I'll just sit there and click it over and over because I'm a dork. That's right. Yep. So I think our service is running here and see here. Uh, this is my new Firebase database here, right? 
and it has no data in it right now. But I'm going to go ahead and fire this up, and you'll see the data should appear here over at the right. So there you go. See all this, all the stuff in green tells you what state it's in, right? Um, so what we can do is let's let's edit something, right? Let's say I've got this Angular um, Angular two, and I want to change that to Angular four. So I want to edit this. And you'll see, if you look over on the right-hand side, you'll see some indication that, sure enough, it's updated. So this is this power of this real-time database. Uh, we can remove things as well, um, and they'll just disappear from here. So that's what I meant by entertaining. I, I love watching this stuff, especially if you have any tests running, and you watch all this stuff move around really quickly through, as it runs through your tests. But, um, <laughs> all right, so we are in a state now where we've got um, all of our services and most of our components are upgraded, right? So we just got that one last component to, to go ahead and upgrade. So that's the next step. And so that's the project list component. And again, we just generated a new component in Angular form just by typing out ng generate component project list. And that introduced our new folder here in our types or in our uh, Angular code base. This um, project list. So here's the new component here. Now, in this one, of course, we had to update our template syntax a bit. Um, so here, what we found out is in, in upgrading to Angular, we, we lose the built-in search and filter functionality. So we have, to, we have to handle that on our own. That, due to performance reasons. So we had to introduce a little bit of logic that didn't have to be there in the AngularJS version, uh, just to go ahead and filter those objects based on what people are typing in. Um, and then we updated the binding here as well, right? So made sure that uh, we can receive these projects through our resolver as a list of projects. So. Uh, I think there's a whole lot more to talk about that on the on the list component. It's pretty straightforward. There's not a lot of logic on the list component, right? So uh, at this point, we've got um, we've got this, right? So everything appears to be ready for uh, our final jump, right? So all of our components, all of our services and values, everything's in Angular, but we've got this kind of invisible behind the scenes routing that's still occurring through our projects. So we still have in our AngularJS code, even though we've been able to nicely comment out a lot of this stuff, uh, we're still doing that resolving and our routing through here, right? So here's another thing we had to update when we changed our Angular component, right? We had to change that binding to match Angular syntax. So we're ready to make that final leap, and that's really re to replace this routing. And then at that point, we can also remove our ng upgrade. But let's let's look at replacing that 
routing with the Angular router. Okay, so following the online documentation on just the upgrade process, we generated, I generated a new file to encapsulate all of the routing. So we created this file called app routing module. So it's its own module, right? Just like we've got our app module, all of our routing will be over in its own module. And in that module, we know we're gonna route to components. So we imported the components we have. There's only a couple here. Um, and then we set up these routes very similar to what we already had, right? We know we're gonna have a top level home route that goes to our list. We've got a new and an edit route that both go to our project detail. Um, now, <clears throat> the thing that we're gonna lose as well though is our resolver, right? The thing that's providing data to those routes. So we had to introduce some Angular resolvers. So I created two of those, again, just to isolate the two different types. This is just an iteration, right? Eventually, all of these ought to be moved over to observable, but just to try to match exactly the behavior that I had, I created two separate resolvers, one of which simply returns the observable that's coming from Angular Fire or Firebase 2. And the other goes through the extraction of the array of projects out of that observable and returns that so that our list component still gets the array it's expecting and the detail component gets the observable that it's expecting. If we go to our project detail, remember that that had some built-in navigation of its own, right? It was using those upgraded providers from AngularJS to handle some path redirection. We can replace all of that with the Angular router and this activated route that it provides. And the activated route is what we use to retrieve the data from um, our resolver. So our resolver is going to provide that array, or in this case, we're on the details. So it's going to provide that observable of projects. And we simply, in our ng-init, we simply extract that project's observable off of the route and um, supply it to our component, right? And then it can use it just as it had been uh, in the prior iteration. Now, this is a little bit different because in the version that we had just prior to this, we were passing this in as inputs into the component. But at this point, we're gonna get it right from the route. So there's no longer um, an input to this component, since we're just gonna snatch it right off of the route. And if we go to the project list, we'll see that's going to have a very similar flow. It's just gonna have the activated route and we're just gonna get the array of projects and initialize it uh, the same way that we were doing before. And then to, to accomplish the path redirection, we use the Angular router. So when we're done with a certain route, we just use the router navigate and we just navigate to that home path. So now we've been able to completely remove uh, the dependency on these upgraded providers, the location and the route params. So at this point, we're ready to remove some of those connections to 
the upgrade module. And if you noticed in some of these files, I've already commented out now this this downgrade activity because none of this none of this is being used from AngularJS code any longer. So we don't need to downgrade these components. So at the bottom of all of these, we can comment out these downgrade statements. And then in the app module, we can start to try to transition over our bootstrapping logic, right? So when we started out, we had removed this top level component because it wasn't going to be doing the bootstrapping. Now we, we want it we want it to do that. We want it to restore that as the top of our application. And so we restore this reference to this app component. And then in the app component HTML, we provide this router outlet. So that's going to replace the ng view that we used to use in AngularJS to show where this data should appear. Um, go back to our module. Um, we can see that We've just got our list of components. These entry components, uh, we could probably drop out at this point. But more importantly, first, we're going to remove the dependency on the upgrade module because we no longer need to run both versions side by side. And we want to restore this bootstrap um, reference. We had, entire, we had completely removed this while we were upgrading because we were manually bootstrapping through this initialization function using the upgrade module. But now we don't need that anymore. We can start right at the top. So the other thing we can do at this point, I'm going to go ahead and start up this server in the background. Um, the other thing we could do at this point is go back to our CLI configuration file and we can remove all of those script dependencies, right? We're no longer going to be pulling in any, any of the code from our AngularJS project, right? So we can, we can leave this. I've left a little bit of this, but in reality, none of this will be included in our bundle anyway at this point. So when we run this here, we should see um, an entirely Angular version of this application. Let's see what we get. And there we go. So, so everything here has been converted over. Very nice. Very nice. and those routes route to those different components. So these lessons learned, these are similar to what we covered briefly or very quickly last time. Um, I, some of that advice on Angular IO to really convert your components, take the time to prepare your Angular JS code base as much as you can uh, by transforming it into components and thinking about your data flow. Uh, that will help a lot when you try to upgrade each piece one at a time. Um, it definitely makes sense to convert to TypeScript, although notice in this example, we didn't do that, right? So it's not, it's not necessary if you use the CLI like we did here, which I find kind of helpful. You can just implant your AngularJS code 
as is into this into a CLI project and you don't really have to worry about um, converting all of that to TypeScript first um, and then with the hey, Firebase uh, sorry. yeah I don't mean to jump in but well I, I do but um, I think something happened because I see uh, I had to refresh because all of a sudden my whole whole screen froze up and now I'm looking at us on YouTube and I see Justin's face and it's a lovely face but I want to see your screen so I just want to check and make sure that you guys can see his screen. Maybe I'm crazy. Oh, so it wasn't just me. My screen froze too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what that's what confirmed that I wasn't crazy because I saw Alyssa uh, jump back in. So Justin, I think you might need to focus uh, the screen on Denny again. And in the meantime, Rob, yes, uh, the the beginning is Angular Air from like two weeks ago. Sorry to interrupt you, Denny. Is Justin oh, there? Uh, did we lose Denny? <laughs> I'm here. Are you, Where's, can you no, hear I, the thing is not. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I don't know if the live audience can hear us. Uh, it's stuck. Like, I can't get it to not focus on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, yeah. So can I'm you just act out Denny's slides, Justin? <laughs> so then you have this big text here. No, I don't know. Uh, I think, Denny, I think, are, are so, you done presenting? I think you're done presenting, well, though, right? I guess so. No, let me ask you, Bonnie, <laughs> Bonnie, were, you, <laughs> were we able to get to um, at least that final drawing where it showed the module and the, uh, the router module and the application? It was only about a minute between when this all happened and when I interrupted you. Okay. But I got distracted All momentarily right, well, because I had to. Yeah, for me, it stopped. It was like it stopped right when you said. So now it should be running like completely with the updated Angular, and then it cut for me. So okay, did you see the new I did version? I see that it actually did work. Yeah, we I saw it working. That. We got that many slides. Okay, okay. Well, all right, Justin. Yeah, that's fine. We can uh, make the slides available. There's only some wrap-up slides here that we did cover last time, anyway. So I think we're in good shape. And Rob was asking Denny uh, where he can find. If, do you have this on GitHub? This uh, uh, this is project. Yeah, is it on GitHub? I didn't put it on GitHub yet, but uh, it's a it's a good idea. I've never uh, I hadn't organized this the way I did through Git, um, but I did through Bitbucket, and so it shouldn't be too difficult for me to organize it and put it up on GitHub. If it'll be of value, I would do that. Yeah. I think it would be of value to Rob. Okay. <laughs> Which is <laughs> okay. We have one. Now you can say by popular request. All right. <laughs> and and in in that vein, we're going to rename the show to Rob Air. Yeah. <laughs> I know he's he's become a regular on NG Houston. He's pretty cool. People. Hi, Rob. Totally. Awesome. All right. Well, um, any last closing things on that that you want to add to that? Um, I guess just the lessons learned. Let me just see here if there's anything really. Well, I just want to make it make the point that the Angular CLI made it really easy to get started with the upgrade by abstracting away that bundling and the building process, as well as helping you to generate those new components and services rapidly. Um, I tried to do an upgrade. Uh, I did one for a demo a week ago, and I didn't use the CLI, so I know firsthand. Uh, a lot of that stuff has to be manually considered if you're not using the CLI. So, um, yeah, use the CLI. Mike, tell the truth. Did you pay him I, to say I, that? I have a, ran, I have a random question. Denny, okay. do you fit in a suitcase? 
Yeah. <laughs> I could just take you to my next talk and right. just uh, lift you up on stage and put you in front of the mic and say, listen to Denny. That's right. That's right. No, I'm sold. I, I was definitely why sold. I, I talked him into this whole thing. I was I, like, I felt kind of bad because Denny put so much work into this and the whole thing was like me going, hey, Denny, would you mind uh, doing that series? And <laughs> I see like hours, hours went into prep for this, but he, he does such a good job. He did. I'm really, really glad he did this. And I, I can't I can't wait to see it. I can use like go on Bitbucket though if you don't want to put it on GitHub to check out the stuff. Okay. Okay. Whatever, whatever you do, yeah. Because it was really great. Cool. Well thanks. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it it helped. Yeah, it was save really all of us some pain. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a great journey. It was cool is to see it all the way through, you know, like not yeah. just the setup process, but to go all the way to the end game and actually see, okay, now we're at a point where now we can stop and convert all the way to angular and, and the whole process so that was, that was really really cool yep yep yeah that's what we ran out of time last time i realized there's no way we're going to be able to do this within an hour you know <laughs> I was like okay what can i do differently so yep all right awesome that was awesome. all right well let's uh let's get to our picks and then call it a day so oh, i forgot uh, about picks who's got picks Alyssa, do you have any picks yeah, so mine is NG Atlanta that's coming up in, I think it's January, right? Um, so excited. I'm going to be doing a talk on service workers. Um, so yeah, that'll be fun. But no, if you haven't gotten tickets yet and you're in the area or could be in the area, I'm really, really pumped about it. And I think it could be the next NGConf. Not that NGConf is in any trouble of being you know, overrun. But seriously, get tickets, NG Atlanta. He'll put the link in show notes. Nice. That's fun. Totally. Bonnie, you have something? Yeah, well, yeah. And uh, to, to follow along with the theme from Alyssa, my, uh, well, what, I have two picks, if that's okay. Uh, one pick is Angular Mix. Uh, I'm super excited because we, uh, Sam and I are flying out actually this Thursday. We're going to go visit uh, our parent, my parents in um, Florida, and then we're going to be there in Orlando on Sunday. So we're really excited about that. And we were looking at the list of speakers and we were kind of freaking out because like, these are they're like awesome people. Uh, so that was good. So that's the, that's my one pick. And the other one is I was a dork and I was super excited. I was so excited about this that I stayed up all night and Sammy caught me and made fun of me because I was down here at my computer at like three o'clock in the morning. She's like, oh, what are you doing? Uh, Graph cool is my other pick that I was, I, 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 I have heard of it and I've been using GraphQL for a while and I just wasn't really sure. Like in my brain, I was like, well, I want to use this, but then I have this old database. Like how do I, and then I started playing with this, and I was like, this is so cool. So check out GraphCool and, uh, and also AngularMix. Those are my picks. And so what does GraphCool do? Oh, don't get me started, dude. We, we don't have time. Like, we could do a whole – can we get can, – can if I reach out to somebody on GraphCool, can we get them to come on and talk about it? Because it's, like, it's worth a whole episode. If that's okay, I'll, I'll reach out to them. Yeah, absolutely. But can you give me the quick, like – Pitch the elevator pitch of what it is. It's like, a graph database. Okay. So, and if you, for any, I know when I first heard that, I didn't, I, I, that, I that was quite Uri elevator. Talking. I was like, that, I is, know. that is short. Because <laughs> when I first heard Uri talking about GraphQL, I did not know, I didn't understand a word he, it sounded really cool, but I didn't understand a word he said. And so it took me a while for it to get into my brain. And actually, that's what I'm talking about next week at Angular Mix is GraphQL. Like, 
because it, I don't want other people to like have to go through it's it just sometimes when I hear like super smart guys talking about stuff I don't know they just goes right over my head so GraphQL I've just discovered it and started using it and I love it and I want you guys to know how awesome it is but I don't have time in a pick it's like an episode okay but so that, that's but GraphQL 40, right but what's GraphQL GraphQL is the back end graph database okay so you know, know how in GraphQL you have a schema so basically in what we're doing is we're in the process of um, trying to get our data from the old um, SQL into this graph database. And GraphQL is not the only one. They just have a sweet interface. But um, there's uh, Neo4j, GraphQL, there's a couple of other services that provide this. But basically, you put your data into this, this schema. Just So basically, you know all the resolver. You know how when you get your JSON out of a REST API, you've got to format it because there's not everything exactly the way you want to put it in the client? This way, whole process, I feel like I'm hijacking the show, but it, it's, it's really, I'm excited about it, and it's really cool, but we'll have to talk, we're going to talk about this. Stay on after we end, and I'll tell you anything you want to do. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> Your elevator cool. pitch went from getting into the front of the elevator to getting off the back on the same floor <laughs> to a high rise. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't get me started, because I... I cause at 3 o'clock in the morning, I was doing this, right, because I, cause I, like, I couldn't sleep. I was trying as I do I was trying to sleep but I was just sitting there thinking about it and then I was just like you know what I gave up and I got up and fired up my computer and I started and then I got really excited and started tweeting and Sam busted me and made fun of me because I was a nerd cool all right Mike what's your pick I, I feel like I'm low and lowering down the energy level again I was feeling good and now I feel like I'm a little lower down <laughs> well, hey, uh, shout it sing it out with me and Alyssa all right. Well, it was going to tie in with uh, Bonnie's first pick of Angular Mix. So I'll be there next week. Justin will be there next week. Bonnie will be there next week. We're going to do a show from Angular Mix. Um, but if you have anything that you want to hear about, if you want us to talk about any of the speakers that you want us to try and pull in to an episode, let us know and uh, reach out to us on Twitter and uh, ping us with any type of topics that you might want to hear for a show. Um, is it, also, is this, wait, I got to inject real quick. Is this revenge for us always putting uh, CLI stuff on your plate during the show live that you're sitting there going, oh, just let us know what, what guests you want us to pull in. <laughs> well, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, <laughs> no, I'm thinking like other speakers go to Angular Mix's website, see what other speakers are there, and uh, see if we if there's anybody who wants to try and get on, and we'll try and reach out when we're there. All the cool kids are gonna be there. Which I think I have Maxim uh, on NG Houston Thursday night. Don't take my guest, Mike. Your your picks are over. <laughs> no more picks. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait! But I just got my Thought Ram hoodie. Like at the door, right? With Samantha just ran over like two seconds ago, and I'm so excited. Uh, I, still, I still have another pick. All right, give, give me your other pick, Mike, because I got a pick, and then we can see if Denny. Justin yep. might have to mute me. Firebase released uh, Firebase, uh, or excuse me, Cloud Firestore, which is a document database uh, from Firebase. Go check it out. Blog post uh, was posted today. Nice, nice. All right, my pick is uh, we talked last week about uh, the Pomodoro stuff. And so I went searching for an app to use. And I decided on this B focused, B E space focused app for the Mac. And it's pretty cool. It's got a little timer that runs, runs up in the bar at the top, um, tells me when to take breaks, has a nice little chime. I think it's pretty cool. So be focused. <laughs> that's 
I think that's the same. He's like, what are you using? And I was like, uh, you know, the alarm app on my phone. And I was like, really, really embarrassed. So I'm going to try this be focused now because it sounds a lot more sophisticated than setting a 25 minute alarm, you know, every I, I actually have been using that one for a while and I love it, but I forgot the name of it. Well, there you go. All right, Denny, do you have anything you want to pick? Uh, yeah, that's totally cool. No, no, yeah, I, um, I'm somewhat prepared this time. So I ordered a book about a year ago and it just showed up. And I'm actually excited about it because it hadn't been published yet. And it was from a guy by the name of Robert C. Martin. He's, he's affectionately known as Uncle Bob. And I got introduced to him just watching some stuff about just software architecture in general. But he's got a ton of interesting and somewhat funny um, content online, a lot of presentations. And he talked a lot about this idea of clean architecture, certainly on the back-end side. And my thought is, as front-end development gets more and more like back-end development, I feel like I think some of these ideas have a place in front-end development. So anyway, the title of this book is Clean Architecture, and it's from Robert C. Martin. It just came out. Cool. Great pick. All right. That's the show for today. Thanks again, Danny, for coming back on and doing part two, part one and part two. Uh, that was great. So thanks for taking the time, setting that all up and walking us through it. Uh, really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, everyone. Have a good one. Uh, we should see you next week from Angular Mix with something. All right. Okay. Later. All right. Bye.